1973, the New York City Police Department created a hostage negotiation team. It's not up against the gun. It's up against the man's mind. When you're defusing a human bomb, it's the same as when you're taking apart a real bomb. If you skip a step, it's going to blow up right in your face. Talk to Me tells the high-stakes true story of the world's first hostage negotiation team. It changed policing forever. Talk to Me. Yeah, get it on. Got to get another tip. Get it on. Welcome to uh, CarCast. Matt Carl's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello. Hey, man. What's going on? Uh, yeah, just uh, moving stuff around. It's been a busy weekend. I um, uh, went over and um, I don't know if I told you yet. So I went over and I picked up the Mustang Mach 1, my 2021 20, Mustang Mach 1. Mustang, that, right. And then we were doing it. We did a bunch of work on it for SEMA. We had it at SEMA this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the tune done on it, so I went and picked it up and drove it home. Uh, so my Mustang has a twin turbo kit on it now. Mm. <laughs> Can't leave it alone. Can <laughs> Can't you? leave it alone. Well, to be fair, I haven't done anything to the Ford Lightning. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yet. Right. So uh, twin turbo with intercoolers i don't know i can't remember the after cooler and the intercooler and okay the, are there in yeah it's got are we still doing that are yeah. we still doing after coolers i don't know what an after cooler is as i think yeah about it's it. just where it is in the in the chain in the chain but you got well, you got to have some sort of cooling. you got to cool it before it goes into the turbos right i or no you no, got to cool it coming before, out of the turbos before it, it goes into, into the, the engine, engine yeah right into the plenum or whatever it is. So this was a a, a kit. Um, the company's called Hellion Turbo, and they were trying to come up with a kit that could pass emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not a lot of room. So the catalytic converters, you can imagine V8 car, catalytic converters are going to come right off the headers, basically. Right. Um, and you can't change the cats and you can't change the location of the cats so all the space they have to work with is basically between the engine block and that cat basically the length of your exhaust manifold or your header that's all the space you have Mm -hmm. so they came up with so they tuck it inside that's where they do it it's 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 they're mounted down low on the sides of the engine by the bell housing Mm-hmm. Right where the cats move up, they take the exhaust headers off. They make their own header that has the turbo right on the end of it, and then that turbo has a, a flange, uh, a, a V-band flange welded on it that attaches to the catalytic converter. So it's right there. It's just like it's like turbos coming right off the engine block. So um, exhaust manifold into turbo turbo into cats yeah and it's small package and then through cats into stock exhaust from the cats back it's all basically i mean i have right. magnaflow mufflers and stuff but right. but that's all stock so the the epa looks at it and goes well you, you didn't change anything with the exhaust and you didn't change anything with the fuel system really the carbon filters and all that other stuff right mm-hmm. it's, it's all unchanged but the turbos are mounted low 
like next to the bell housing. I have a, a K member. The suspension is attached on. There's tabs welded on it and holds the turbos. Mm-hmm. And then just going forward along the frame rails, I got tubes going to an intercooler in the front, and mm-hmm. the top of the intercooler goes into the engine. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very, very simple. Very. Right. It's really not wildly complicated. How much boost are we running? I we haven't measured the boost, and I haven't put it on the dyno yet. But it's not a lot of boost. Six, seven pounds of boost. Mm-hmm. I still think it's going to make seven fifty at the crank, mm-hmm. seven hundred at the crank. What's the displacement? It's five liter Coyote engine. Silver. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it's. It runs great. It's it's not uncontrollable. The power, you know, you've driven a lot of turbo cars. You're racing cars. Uh, you you roll into it, and the and the power comes on. You start to hear those turbos spool up, which is fantastic because it's so easy to supercharge these cars. There's so many kits; they all work great. But doing the turbos, have you said for so many years? It's like it seems like it's free horsepower. You don't have to turn the blower with the belt and lose five horsepower to get. 50 horsepower or lose 30 to get 100 or whatever. It's just like it's it's there. The packaging is great. And because Mustangs don't do this, it sounds unlike any other Mustang. Yeah, I was I was going to say it. it's good for the sound. It's, it's quiet. I, I told you a million years ago when I went to the – went to Riverside Raceway for the Times Grand Prix of Endurance now – Adam, you went to a race as a young person, not with my dad. <laughs> yes, like how'd you get there? No, what, what friend was going there? My friend. <laughs> what, you sat in the back my, of someone's mini truck and my, got a ride out there. My <laughs> friend's dad, stepdad, Jim, uh, was into it. Had a VW bus, and we we drove it out there. Okay. And it's funny. It was like 1980, 1981. It was uh, 81, 82. It was kind of a, around the time Ralph Stumlin actually died. In a 935 out there. But I was, uh, I always remember very vividly, I think it was a six hour. It was fun. They used to have it. You, you'll see the uh, Riverside Times Grand Prix of Endurance or whatever. It used to be on the calendar. If you go look up the yeah. race charts, oh, Paul Newman did it in 83 and, and all that kind of stuff. They, they had a run, I don't know, 20 years or 25 years or whatever. But I, I just remember as a young guy who loved cars but just knew nothing about cars, I, I remember like kind of standing on the bridge in the middle of the back straightaway or somewhere, and the RX-7 would come down the straight, oh, yeah. and it was just screaming. Yeah. Just I, You had to hold your ears. It, it was so loud. And then the 935s were coming. And the 935s were going twice as fast as the RX-7. They weren't making sound. Yeah. It was just it, and I remember at the time kind of going like, this guy's going twice as fast with half the sound. What's going on? And it was, it was the turbos, you know? It's the turbos. And so I always I always loved – I always sort of loved the turbos. The, the other thing about the turbos for me is, yes, I'm an efficiency nut and, and it seems like free free power. Yeah. Um, Versus pulling off the crank, and and I get you can make plenty of horsepower with a supercharger, and you, arguably cheap horsepower. I mean, it's just whatever you did your Mustang's gonna would cost a lot more than bolting a just taking a supercharger and bolting it on top of the engine. Yeah, it's it's 
this is a pricey right pitch. but it's cool it's <laughs> yeah, much cooler it's, and it's then the cool. other the other thing is is and you know people can tweet me wrong but other than some old you know 30s maybe 40s 30s 40s 20s uh bentley what what supercharged race cars are there you know road cars and what yeah. how many lama cars how many cars that entered lama after the year of 1950 had a supercharger on them and I, i'm gonna go with yeah. pretty much none um i didn't even know if there was a rule for it because even if you went to lama in a corvette like you know like oh all the arrows from the you know Z06 or the ZR1. I'm like, yeah, but the ZR1 is a supercharged car of the last however many years. They don't run that. I just don't even think there's You're a You're talking about modern it. day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think – and uh, Ben can can look it up, but I don't think there's been any supercharged cars at, um, at Le Mans. Seen a lot of Bentleys, but that's yeah. That's yeah. That's what I started with Bentley, like in the thirties. Ben, maybe into the yeah. Uh, but, but past that, no. And and, and so and streetcars had them. Jack has a bunch of supercharged cars. Uh, Mercedes. Well, you're talking a, modern, yeah. yeah. But even their modern racing versions of those cars, no supercharger. It's a very good question. Uh, so. Then why would Mercedes and Jag and or uh, Corvette with their top of the line supercharged had the most horsepower street cars yeah. then go race at Le Mans and get rid of the supercharger? <laughs> right. Well, that that just means they don't work well in that that condition. Right. I mean, they're going to say there wasn't a class for it. There's nobody else running superchargers. But I think if enough people said. We all want to run superchargers, then there would be a class for it. Yeah, and I would probably... Now, they're not going to turbo, though. They're not saying, oh, I'm running no. my, my Jag with a supercharger, but for racing, I'm doing a turbo version. They just go right. naturally aspirated. Right. So if at Le Mans, it was nothing but turbos and naturally aspirated, and I would use that then as sort of the benchmark of here's the most efficient you need to be. It'd probably be a fuel issue too with supercharging versus turbocharging um, fuel consumption issue. So what I'm saying is, is given that as a yardstick to measure what we're trying to do here, then I would conclude that I would rather have a turbocharged car yeah. on the street than a supercharged car. But again, space and and epa and price especially is is now going to come into fact i'm curious to know because there's been some testings years ago with corvettes where they put a turbo on a corvette and just cruising keeping your foot out of the out of the, the out of the gas but just cruising on the highway and the efficiency of the turbos improved their fuel mileage Oh, yeah. Instead of harmed it. Oh, yeah. We have a very short clip. This is the clip goes fast, and there's two sections. One is the car coming at you, and then it flips to from the camera from the rear. So, two different sounds. But here's the car, what it sounds like. Is this your car? This is my car. I didn't put this together. Galpin Auto Sports did this quickly. I'll do more videos and stuff and walk through, but he'll just play the the clip. Go ahead and hit it. That, 
that first half with the car coming at you, you hear those turbos yeah. come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not a lot of RPM. It's 3,000, maybe less than three when you start to really hear those things start What's to What's the up. red line on that engine? Uh, 7,600. Really? 70, Healthy. Yeah. Yeah, those that, Coyote motors are fantastic. That's not an overhead cam. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It's a dual overhead cam. So it's two, a four cam. two cams or four cams? Four cams. Wow. Yeah, Look those Coyote you. engines are fantastic. Oh, so this fucking is, Euroed yeah, out. This is what I was telling you. So you got you. aluminum block, yeah. aluminum heads, yeah. four cams, yeah. and two turbochargers. Yes. Thank you. That's All it. right. It's, it's the Mustang you've been waiting for. No, that's <laughs> that's the engine that I wanted in the 05 Ford GT. Yes. That this setup would have been or naturally aspirated. I did right. not want the supercharger belted on there because it's not a Lamont. Ford GT is nothing but an homage to Lamont, right? But then you assholes strapped a supercharger onto the top of it and fucked the whole thing up for me. Yeah. So I went out and got a DB9 that's worth thirty seven thousand dollars <laughs> right now at the same. Time I could have bought at the exact same sticker price. I could yes. be sitting on four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, but you guys you're, made me you're, get you're, the jack. You're I mean, put the off Aston. by the uh, put off by the supercharger. By the way, they fixed the problem in the next four GT. Right? They still did the six cylinder, but they did it in turbos, and now they're trading for one point three million dollars. Mm. Uh, but yes, the right combination now: the overhead cam and with this car. Uh, look, the GT five hundred you. You drove one at Speed Vegas, and that one was breathed on a little by Shelby American. But, you know, dual overhead cam, V8 engine, you know, supercharged. rear. Independent rear. Well, this, mine has that, too. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, I'm uh, saying no leaf springs. No, no solid axle. Yeah. They, um, all right. It wasn't leaf spring for a long time, but it was a four-link. They, they urified the car. Yeah. That's it. And the GT500 is 760 horsepower. It's fast. It's got the paddle shift DCT. No antenna on the fender. (laughs) No antenna on the fender. But I was like, I don't know how long we're going to keep cool supercars are going to have a manual transmission if we even have any left. And when the Mach 1 came out, it already had the upgraded Tremec transmission. Right, The Mm -hmm. normal transmission that are in the Mustangs and stuff were a little on the weak side. And when they did the, the Shelby GT350, the modern-day one, it had the upgraded Tremec. The Mach 1 came with the Tremec, and I was like, great. So can we build, instead of just buying the supercharged GT500, can we get the same power but now with turbos and a manual? Mm-hmm. And that's what we built. All right, let me tell you about electric e-bikes. I love these things. Every time I come home, I'm like, where's Sonny's out on his electric e-bike? Nice. Um, although Olga technically just says he's out on his bike, but he's out on his electric e-bike. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, I'm on those things. Every Sunday we go to watch uh, football over at the warehouse. It's it's about three miles from the house, and I time it. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. Ten yeah, minutes is what good. it takes. And when I drive it from my house to the warehouse, ten minutes. Yeah. But it's just the same okay. amount of time just because I'm not on the freeway. I'm just taking sort of surface streets and uh, obeying all the posted speed limits and stuff. But electric bike, man, I just dice through that neighborhood. Yeah. Sunday night. You just do that straight shot right down. 
right. I, I and I go the back way okay. around uh, whatever the park is over there, and then I also do a thing. There's this there's this slow and steady uphill toward the coming back up to foothill, and they're they're on a Sunday, you know, and they're guys out there riding their ten speeds. Yeah, and when That's I when, when, I, when I pass them on the left, <laughs> pass them on the left, I always pedal. Oh, you pedal. I want them to think. Think it's all muscle. It's all me. That's all quad, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah. Uh, this this I stuff, I, I, I'm telling you, the, the thing folds and you can throw it in the back of the SUV. Like, you know, yeah, we'll ride over there and it'll start raining or something. I'll chuck it in the back of the SUV. It's uh, way less than the competition. And uh, you can get them as low as 133 bucks per month. Plus, you can lower your gas costs and your carbon imp- footprint as well and they got the new xp trike which uh it's fully foldable fully assembled electric tricycle i haven't even seen this one yet now i'm excited um you can cover up to 45 miles on a charge up to 28 miles per hour which is zooming when you're on that thing and uh it's got rear rack support for everyday rides and longer trips uh it's just it's just the future. So uh, electric e-bikes. Love these guys. Right, Matt? Yeah. Get out there and find adventure with with electric e-bikes. Visit electricebikes.com to learn more. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-bikes.com. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> in breaking Leno news, yeah, I talked to him last night. How's he doing? He's doing okay. <laughs> he's got the wind taken out of his sails. I think emotionally he's a little... No, no, he he loves it. <laughs> he's good. Yeah, he's good. But so I said to him, uh, "Well, what you know? There's the, the what ex- really happened? The explanation was, yeah, sort of what happened. You know, you hear, oh, he hit a clothesline. Yeah, you know, and um, into the parking lot. There's a wire, and nobody hung a flag. It's like that all seems weird. Yeah, someone hung a wire. Like, yeah, right, right. So, and all right, so. <laughs> and then the biggest question that I had, of course, is what happened to the bike? Because if you just got pulled off the bike, then the bike just That's, ghost rode and fucking could could have been pretty pretty yeah. damaged, you know. Yeah. And he doesn't ride, you know, mopeds. He rides bras or bros or bras. Indians or, and and just like yeah, all like, crazy stuff, super expensive yeah. stuff. So. I, so I call him. Now, the good news is he's getting a lot of material out of it because <laughs> I said to him, uh, it, I was calling about something else. But but I you know I had to ask, like, what's what's going on? Jay's funny because Jay's old school. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you send him a text, uh, he'll text back, call me. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to fucking text back and forth. <laughs> so anyway, I called him last night and uh, I said uh, – we were talking about, I, I was trying to arrange a tour for a friend of mine to come by and look at shop, you know. And, of course, he's like, yeah, sure. And I said, uh, what happened with the bike? And uh, so, first off, he's getting material. He goes, okay, good. He goes, <laughs> he goes 71-year-old driving an 83-year-old motorcycle. What could go wrong? And <laughs> That's I was like, all right. Yep. yep. All right. Then, um, so, so I said, well, so what happened? He said, well, I was out riding the Indian yep. and I started smelling gas and like it was leaking. And I guess he's, he's keen to that now. So I said, I went to a parking lot to like turn around, cut, cut through a parking lot or something. And, you know, guy'd strung a wire. Now 
like sort of like strung a wire and he was like, yeah, like kind of one of those don't come into this driveway wires, you know, like people. Yeah. You'll see it up in the hills a lot around here. People put a chain or wire or something because people are turning around in their driveway or something. But the chains use like bright white or yellow and it's got a sign hanging from it or the wire. You're right. The wire is weak sauce. (laughs) You're right. So somebody strung a wire that seemed anyway, uh, pulled him off his bike. Um, broken collarbone, uh, cracked ribs, two cracked uh, kneecaps. And I said, did, did he say? Did it hit him like in the chest, or did it like hit the front of the bike? Um, it like hit him in the chest, and and pulled him off. And so I said, oh, so you know, you're really sore, or whatever. And then he proudly told me he played a gig in Arizona two days later, and he never missed a gig. Yeah, he never missed a gig. He no, was, he was at Hermosa Beach the next that's night. That's what he explained to me. <laughs> tell me all that stuff. And then uh, I said, was uh, so you know, cracked ribs and cracked kneecaps. I was like, you're really sore, but you didn't have to go under the knife or anything, you know. And he goes, oh no, no, my. My collarbone was snapped, like like comically. Like he said, I'll show you a picture. It looks like a cartoon. I said, oh. So I said, they had to cut him open and, you know, fix the collarbone. I said, oh. And then I said, how's the bike, Jay? What happened to the bike? Because I'm picturing yeah. the bike ghost riding and, you know, cartwheeling or something, hitting a car or whatever. I said, uh, what happened to the bike? He said, uh, I was riding the one with the side hack. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, the side hack yeah. Indian, which we're, we're looking at now, which no one said in any of the reporting because no one gives a shit, but I give a shit. I pictured a $150,000 vintage Indian being ghostwritten and then yeah. wobbling and then smacking into something. And something traumatic, like hit a speed bump and flies off the edge <laughs> of a cliff and bursts into flames. flames and <laughs> he said the bike just coasted. Hit a bush and hit a building, but the bike's the bike's okay. Bike's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're off the throttle, right? And it's and, just and it's a side hack, right? So I would have thought it would have turned. I, well, it did something. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It. I mean, once I found out it was a side hack, I was like, oh, okay. So the bike never fell over. Yeah, it just coasted, hit a bush, and hit the side of a building. But I, I you know, he wasn't going seventy miles an hour. He's probably going. 10, 15 miles an hour, whatever, whatever, but pulled off the bike. It's also a weird bike to go tooling around in alone. Yeah, his bikes are all weird. So it's not it's weird side for hack, him. Yeah. Side hack, With nobody in the side. Although, I guess if somebody was in the side, they probably would have got right across the mouth with that wire. If yeah. he got it kind of in the chest, they would have yeah. got it like right in the eyes. Yeah. So uh, so the bike is okay. Jay. Jay's okay. When did, he did the surgery that day? And then the next night he was doing comedy or did he wait? You know, because Jay, I wouldn't surprise me and go, oh, I was doing comedy for two days. So I did my surgery on Wednesday. <laughs> so I just walked around with a broken collarbone for four days. He was just very <laughs> happy to tell me that he did not miss a spot and that he was at uh, Hermosa the night before, you know, or last last Sunday. I, you know, Jay. He loves it. He and loves he, telling me that shit. Yeah, listen, I, I'm glad he's okay. I'm sure it's way more painful than he's leading to believe. And uh, I, I know his show is uh, the um, Jay Leno's Garage. The TV show is done. Maybe he's still going to do the YouTube shows, but he still has his game show. By the way, everybody was writing. They're going, oh, his show got canceled. I was like, but he's not 
he's still he's got his game show on Fox. He's still working. He's not slowing down, really. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, he is when the cable hits him. That <laughs> slowed him Yeah. Up. All right, let me tell you about Snap-on. Today's episode is brought to you by the makers and the fixers of Snap-on. We're uh, makers and fixers over here. Leno is. Yeah. Keep, uh, <laughs> he's fixing his collarbone. That's what keeps the world moving. And you can find him in factories and repair shops, uh, roads and rails, building, maintenance, everything. Makers and fixers. They're the backbone. They're the collarbone of the automotive, <laughs> aviation, agriculture, mining, marine, and the military as well. And uh, I got my guys Sean over here right now, actually firing up the car, putting air in the tires, moving it to another locale. These guys know how to do stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's what I love about the makers and the fixers. And it's not just a job, it's a calling. And they want to hear from you. So you can share your story at makersandfixers.com slash carcast. And you can check out the makers and fixers on Instagram. So uh, tip the cap to all you makers and fixers over there from uh, Snap-on. And again, makersandfixers.com slash carcast. What else uh, you got we thinking about here? You know, I was. Um, I know you guys are going to be uh, digging more into the Dan Gurney doc, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're into it's, that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on the list of uh, new projects over here with uh, Chassis Media guys. And it just – I, I – was just cruising around on the Gooding website, and I saw some cars pop up at the uh, the Amelia Island auction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be the last time Gooding does the Amelia. Mm. Oh, it is? Yeah, there's been some transfer of ownerships. I think Haggerty bought the Amelia Island event. Mm-hmm. They're going to rename it the Amelia. Mm-hmm. But they own the Broad Arrow auction oh, company, right. so mm-hmm. I think – which they ended up buying fully, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's going to be some changes uh, uh, there. So it's going to be kind of exciting. But I saw the 66 uh, Gurney car, the AAR uh, Gurney Eagle MK1 pop mm-hmm. up. And I think there was only a handful of them, maybe like three of them. I believe this is the the VIN 1. This is an F1 car, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not an Indy car. I was fooled for a minute because when you think Gurney and you think Eagle, you think Indy. Uh, but this is an F1 car from 66, which... Well, ben can check the, the notes on it. It doesn't look much different back then than an Indy car. F1 and Indy cars in the 66, I, I yeah. don't know. So this is I don't the know there F1 was much car. Of, yeah. And there was four of them. I don't know there's much of a technology difference either. You know what I mean? I mean, now there's... A big difference between F1 and Indy, right? Yeah. Um, in 1966, I don't know, fuel capacity? You, you know what I mean? Like, what was the difference between an F1 I, you know, and an Indy car? This is a 2.7 liter. Mm-hmm. Um, a dual overhead. It's a dual overhead inline four, and he's got uh, two Webers on it, 250 horsepower, Five speed, five and, speed. and uh, the four wheel hydraulic disc brakes. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I wonder if the indie version would have a five speed. And I know yeah, it, it I sort of makes sense that it would because you'd want that top gear. On the other hand, I somehow feel like they just have a four speed with a super long fourth gear or something. I don't know. Maybe a granny gear in the first gear to get out of the pits. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't mean, know with why that I think year. I'm shit. not. I'm not. But look. 
Um, sure. Here's the here's the whole point. Um, Gurney is, you know, catching on. Like people are like, oh, that guy's a legend. You know, he's a legend. And some of the guys, like we spoke last week about Shelby. Shelby died and everyone went, all right. And, and his stuff didn't even pop. You know what I right. mean? It just yeah. kind of flatlined for, for a decade. Now now it's moving, right? But um, Gurney died and people are like, no, nah, this guy's – this guy's a legend and he's a artist and this is his painting, you know, this car. Yeah. And, but he and, wasn't quite the marketer. So it doesn't, it's not like he got saturated like, like Shelby kind of did. Mm-hmm. But Gurney Indy cars. And again, the Gurney F1 car, which ostensibly could be the same as the Indy car in 1966. Uh yeah, they what they estimate three to four million. Three to but- four million, and so the car was restored, and with the intention of doing some vintage racing, so they got another engine, and they have a a, a rebuilt engine in this car. But this auction comes with the original engine that's untouched because uh, they didn't want to like risk breaking it because of course it's going to break in, in vintage racing. Uh, and it's rebuildable, but the, there was an opportunity, to, I guess, to do another engine. So, um, I don't know. This thing is a cool piece. It's a cool piece. You know what I was thinking about? Doing a nut and bolt restoration on this car would probably be cheaper than doing a nut and bolt restoration on a 72 Pantera. Uh, yeah. There's there's only – all there is is nut and bolts for this thing. Uh, yeah. There's not much else. No. I mean, in, in a weird in a weird way. Uh, it's beautiful, and in the gurney colors were great, and it's a, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful little car, and I and I hope it goes to a to a good home. But that is that is interesting. Uh, there's also I'm looking here. There's a Porsche 962. It says 1978, but I'm gonna go with 88 because yeah, I know uh, more about cars than whoever made this, which is. Porsche did not have a 962C in 1978. Right. So That's just a typo. It's 87. 87 or 88 or whatever. Yeah, um, it's an 87. Oh, uh, it's the an Kramer 962C. Mm-hmm. Uh, the estimate's 850,000 to 1 million. And, I, and it came in fourth overall, Le Mans 87. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. There it is. <laughs> now I know it's 87. But um, – I don't know. Feels a little light for a car that had a couple. I think had a couple of years at Le Mans. Yeah, uh, as I was reading about it. So it's interesting because this car was only raced twice in its existence, and it was both at Le Mans mm-hmm. uh, in eighty seven and eighty eight. It placed fourth overall and then eighth overall. So it did finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two two complete Le Mans, and 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 it's beautiful. And I've talked to guys who. Um, drive Porsches and they basically said uh, 962s easy to drive like yeah, it handles yeah, well it's yeah, balanced it's, up. it's a mid-engine it's a mid-engine car not a rear engine car you know and they've said like oh these things handle they drive well like they're pretty smooth like they're like a nice to drive kind of car if you don't mind I guess sitting on the right except for the shifters on the right so it's not too weird Right, right. So you're like you're you're like a little, yeah. You're you're, you're kind of off center, but much more in the center of the vehicle, just the cockpit itself, and then you're just kind of off center a little bit. Yeah. 
It's, it would be a different kind of driving experience, I would think. Yeah, but I think you'd get used to it pretty quick with the stick on the right, like sort of in the door panel almost. But it's kind of cool. And uh, this thing did uh, two tours and finished Le Mans twice. Uh, this thing's covered some miles at Le Mans. I think, yeah, I think it's said- somewhere around 3,000 miles on a completed race. I mean, I, I think sort of de- – oh, yeah, you sit. Yeah, you sit on the right. You, you kind of sit on the on right, right, and you shift on the right, close to the door. Yeah, um, and I guess it depends on conditions like rain and weather and stuff like that. But uh, but this is a nice, nicely preserved car. Maybe it was restored. It's it's a nice piece. The nine sixty twos are cool looking cars. This is a great vintage racer car. Um, I just thought that was kind of. Kind of interesting. And then uh, you saw my list, the 77, the Porsche 934, mm-hmm. also in that 800 to 1.1 million range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 934 and a half. I guess it says 934 slash. Yeah, it's 934 and a half. And is that a – and that's got Lamar history. Or that does one, it? Um, that's a good question. That one I, I – And is it sponsored by anyone? I couldn't really – it's got a little Brumos in it, but I don't think it's Brumos because if it was Brumos, they'd want more for it. I don't know that it's a Le Mans car. It was was in Trans Am and IMSA events. It ran uh, Sebring, 12 hours of Sebring. Um, I don't know that it has a a lot of racing history. It just – Does it have a sponsorship or a livery? This kind of looked like it was white to me. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that But it is one of the the last 10 factory built 934 and a half. The uh Kramer um Deli- delivered to Vasek Pollock. Oh, the Kramer 962. I if you could get that car for under a million bucks, I I think that's a good that's a good investment. And especially if you want to go out and do some events in it, I think they're you know, they're pretty drivable, so I'm told. And, um, you know, it's got a six-cylinder twin turbo, but it's kind of yeah, kind of mid, mid-mounted. mid I, I thought the 934 and a half was a cool car because not the, a, a famous one that's a high dollar, but probably qualifies for vintage racing and gets you into a badass car. And they, they got the um, – uh, the fans on the wheels and stuff. Oh, they, yeah. they did it all kind of right up. Let me tell you guys about O'Reilly real quick. O'Reilly's bonus, oh, I'm sorry, O'Reilly's auto reward, auto parts O rewards. It's O rewards points month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can shop in store or online to get points and rewards sent straight to your phone or inbox. You can get two, three, almost four times points on selected purchases. Uh, and that'll get you even faster to your total points goal. You'll receive $5 reward for every 150 O-Rewards points that you earn. If you're already an O-Rewards member and you're not receiving your rewards, just add your email or your phone number to your account and you'll get a $10 reward just for updating your existing account info. Sign up is quick and easy. It's at O'ReillyAuto.com or in-store. That's O'ReillyAuto.com or just pop into the store. We love O'Reilly. All right, so... It's also Lamborghini is Laro that they say is fully restored, and they're looking to get between uh, four hundred and five hundred k for it. But I'm I'm worried. I don't think they're going to get to that mark, even with a beautiful restoration. 
Yeah, it's a cool car. It's a cool car. Yeah, I I I like the lines of the Oslero. It kind yeah. of sits back, kind of squats on its ass a little bit. But it's got the long nose, and it just swoops down just enough in the back. Yeah, it's a little squatty. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, a little slabby. It's a little slabby, but it's a f- big V12 front engine touring car, and it's it's a cool piece. I've had a few of them, and uh, and I like them. And they've always been kind of undervalued, and maybe they're starting to make their move. The cars that are going bananas are the Countaches. Yeah. Countaches hanging out, hanging around, you know, 200 grand, 250 for just kind of a million years. They just never really. Right. And uh, now it's you know, 650, 758, you know, sort of all day long. Like, yeah. They just popped hard. They've been moving two to three times what they were not that long ago. Right. Um, also, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what a full so you never well not never you you rarely see a fully restored Islero because an Islero was in the past was you know buck fifty to two fifty somewhere in that thing and to do a full resto on a car like this is two fifty so when the resto is more than the sticker, then what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, but now that the prices have gone up into the uh, 275 to 350 kind of Islero yeah. range, it's starting to make sense. But I, I think to your point, I mean, Countachers are going up, so they're they're getting a little out of the, the price range. That Mira SV that we saw uh, a three, couple five. weeks ago, you know, 3.5, that's going up. So I know this is not an Islero S. But you know, it'd be great if it gets it. Good for the Islero. No, I um, I'm I'm rooting for it. And uh, Mark Gargos has one that I sold him. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always rooting. I'm always rooting for it because nobody wants to say of uh, you know, no one wants a good friend where I go. I sold you an anything for three hundred grand five years ago. And it's worth two seventy five. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. I, I want to go it's worth it's worth four twenty five. Right. And because you don't have one right now, might as well root for, for Mark's car and, and hopefully this one will go for I, big money. I'm very magnanimous that way. I'm rooting for Mark's car. So I'm gonna be in West Palm Beach, Florida, coming up at the improv. That'll be Thursday doing a stand up and then it's off to Baltimore Friday and Saturday doing Magoobie's Joke House doing live stand up there. As well, right? That's this. Uh, is that this Thursday? Yeah, I guess so. Right. This will be yeah. airing this mm-hmm. Friday. That will be next Friday and Saturday. Oh, okay. Next Friday and Saturdays when I'll be at Magoobies. Anyway, go to AdamCurl.com for all the live shows because I'll be in Vegas and I'll be in Naples, Turlock, yeah. Fresno, Kansas City, Oklahoma, Monterey. Let's go to AdamCurl.com for all that. What do you got, Motorator? That's a big lineup you got I there. Know. A lot of work. Uh, just uh, follow me on social media at Motorator and we'll get some stuff posted. So, until next time, Adam Kroll from Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
all month long on Pluto TV. Stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.